Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by proamsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 133 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you in... Here at the 6.30 Chet Studios, City Southeast Side, Oilers Now, along with Brendan Ulrich, telling you that the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. 48-plus years for Royal Pizza, Edmonton-owned and operated. Stoffer recommendation at Royal Pizza, the Mediterranean Chicken. You can visit royalpizza.ca for a location nearest you. Spoiler alert, France, Belgium. 76th minute. France 1, Belgium 0. Remains the score. We're going to bring Reed Wilkins in from Inside Sports along with Brendan Ulrich. Brendan's already upset because his uh, beloved Germany knocked out of the tournament early. Uh, Germany, of course, winning the 2014 uh, World Cup in Brazil in quite impressive fashion, blowing out the Brazilians 7-1 and then uh, winning one nothing in extra time against uh, Lionel Messi in Argentina. Uh, France, a uh, incredible uh, player-producing country right now in soccer. Lots of reasons why that's occurred. Reed, how much are you in this tournament? Oh, about a seven out of ten. I, I like I, I like the World Cup and Euro to some extent. I, I don't follow international soccer nearly as close as you do, Bob. I, I think I like the World Cup just because of the drama of it, and so many other people are into it. I, I get pulled into it too, and I like the format. You know, the three pools, and then who moves moves them on, and yeah. and the matchups can have so much of an impact. I mean, Croatia hasn't played a lot of highly ranked teams. I mean, they they got a draw with some teams outside of the top twenty. Yeah, I th- and I think they are twentieth in the world themselves. And they blew, but they did blow out Argentina in one of yeah, those. no, fair enough. Yeah, that was their toughest opponent, and they did take care of business. But I mean, it's it's interesting to me all those little things that can go into it, especially once you get into the knockout phase. But I, I'm really enjoying now the final eight and the possibility of an England France final. Like that's going to be that could be pretty amazing. <laughs> Brendan, what about you? Have you uh, gotten in a list, or did you get uh, disinterested with Germany's collapse against the? Uh, well, I'm in a pool Greece. as well here, Bob. Where every game matters. Oh, yeah, you just pick true. each uh, winner, and uh, I was in second uh, heading into this game, but I have uh, Belgium, so I'll likely uh, be out of the mix if uh, unless they come back. It's one nothing. It's still not over. 
So keep that in mind. But yeah, it has been a great tournament. I've enjoyed uh, almost every second of it other than the diving. But uh, once you get over that and uh, understand it's part of soccer, uh, you can enjoy the game for what it is, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I'm going to say something here. No South American teams are left, so there's less diving in the semis and the final. Closer, isn't it closer to the equator? Isn't that how it works further well, that's away? Your, that's your theory. Uh, well, you don't see guys from Iceland uh, dive, you know what I'm saying? So uh, tell me this. Are we seeing guys, are we seeing, because uh, I think we are seeing this in sport, uh, a transition to, and and we'll be able to translate this into uh, the Oilers and, and, and hockey here, but are we seeing a, a time where we're, we're seeing a generation of guys, young players being allowed to run? and go and be who they are and attack because, you know, France, a lot of people thought, well, they're the team to beat in 2022. I thought they could win it this year, and they're in a pretty good spot right now. But uh, give me your perception. Am I on to anything there, Reid? Uh, I I, th- I think you're on to something, Bob, but I, I would hesitate to to call that an absolute because, I mean, look, the the way the training goes now, the next generation of athlete is always training better, eating better, starting earlier, playing more months of the year in, in whatever sport they choose. So the, the younger players should be more athletic and have more explosion. Having said that, the great players are great players for a long time. LeBron James, he ain't tailed off, Bob. Tom Brady, he has a tailed off. I mean, how, how long? Uh, I mean, once you have those players on your roster, you got to do everything in your ability to keep them. And, and I think even in the NHL, I mean, um, you know, James Neal, uh, for example, he still gets a good contract. He's not a top-level star, but he's been a good Tier 2 performer. Alexander so always, Ovechkin is now. Well, he's how, a top-level guy. But, yeah, how long did it take him to win a Stanley 13 Cup? 13 years. And, and now maybe Stamkos becomes the new Ovechkin in terms of, you know, he's getting older, and when is he going to win the Stanley Cup? So I, I think, yes, there's always going to be a new generation of emerging stars, but I think there's always going to be a value on on experience, and the, the younger stars are likely going to stay stars for a long time. Brandon, you want to jump in here? Well, yeah, it seems like speed is uh, the new thing in every sport. Even the CFL, for example, uh, you look at a running back like Jerome Messam, who struggled this season, and Calgary has no problems without him because they have these two new speedy running backs. So it just seems like speed is uh, where every sport is heading. And uh, another example, I guess, though, what Reed was talking about, Ronaldo in soccer, he was pretty dominant in this tournament as well, and he's, what, 32? But he can still run. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, you know, but yeah, I guess you can look at it both ways. But yeah, I definitely think speed and the youth is being served a little bit here. And we got uh, several bodies down. 81 minutes here. Guys all over the pitch. Still one nothing for... Oh, shot blocking. I wonder if soccer... Well, they missed the shot block. Do soccer fans complain about too much shot blocking? I don't, hockey think, so. Fans do? I don't think so. <laughs> you can text us at 6.30, 6.30. So here, here's my thing. Uh, you take a look at how Gerard Gallant, and you know what it is. It's a copycat league. That's what they say about the NHL. So when the LA Kings and the, the Boston Bruins were going with these big, heavy teams, some other teams wanted to have big, heavy teams. And now we've seen a movement to quicker, faster teams. Now, that said, uh, Brendan, you're the Washington Capitals fan. They're still a big, heavy, tough team. Like, they were they were physical. But they can skate, too. But they push teams around in the Eastern Conference on route to the Stanley Cup. With Gallant, he didn't break his guys down and build them up in terms of how he coached them. He, you know, guys made mistakes. He's like, get get back out there, go get me a goal. That's and to me, there's been a little bit of a change in how you deal with younger players. We'll start with you, Reed. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I, I the 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 whole day of of berating guys and humiliating them and telling them they got to fall in line is, is gone. Uh, I I think there still has to be discipline. It's interesting, Bob. A, a lot of discipline now, I think, is player-to-player discipline, where a coach hopes there are leaders within the dressing room, and again, the importance of having veterans that are going to show, okay, these are our practice habits. This is coach shouldn't have to tell us a curfew we're gonna we're gonna establish curfew stuff like that and if you tie that into the Oilers I do think when they started poorly you know Dreisaitl got hurt all that kind of stuff I think there was there were some things that happened that constricted the freedom of the team and created a, and in freedom I'm talking about that ability to play loose play relaxed no, no I, I think some of that came internally from the players and I think some of that might have been a stress reaction from the coaching staff Starts in goal, right? I mean, the goalie got off to a tough start. Pulled twice in the first full four games. You get dry settle and Kajula hurt. You had some defensemen banged up. Uh, some people said they didn't handle the expectations well. I, I think they, you know, Brendan, I think they had a lack of positive energy early in the year, and you contrast that with the opposite year, and they had a lot of things go right early, and it manifested and carried itself throughout the whole year. Well, they also wanted to stick at each team whenever that player was playing his former team. I think that was a factor early as well, which allowed everyone to rally. Like, okay, we're coming to, uh, you know, we're going to Nashville for poor James Neal. Let's go out there and play for him. Oh, you're talking and, about Vegas here. Yeah. 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 So I, I think that was a, a factor in that as well. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Bob Stauffer with you along with Reed Wilkins and Brennan Ulrich. Orders now. All right. So, uh, Milan Lucic remains a hot topic. Uh, one that you're probably, are you sick of talking about it on Inside? No, Sports? that's, that's fine. That's, it, it kind of comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, you work on an Oilers broadcast. You have a guy score one goal in his final 46 games and go minus 18. You're going to have to he, talk look, about it. Here, here's the thing, Bob. He, you, he, he admitted it openly. We all knew it. It was mental. You could see it. Um, the, those of us who watched the game, uh, okay, a couple of stories quickly, because we in Edmonton saw it all the time, the the, the tension, the frustration. Uh, Pat Steinberg, remember he came up uh, for the game, the Oilers won on the shootout when McDavid got the, yep. the dubious abuse of officials penalty when he said go upstairs. Pat and I were talking before the game, and he said, what's going on with Lucic? I said, Pat, just watch it. First time he mishandles the puck, you'll feel the air go out of the building. And about six minutes into the game, he got the puck on the wall, and he said to me after the game, he's like, wow, I thought you were exaggerating. I thought it was you were using a figure of speech. Because you could just sense it. You could see it in Lucic's body language. You could feel it in the 18,000 spectators. That it was just like, oh, no, here we go again. So he's got to shake that. He, he's got to have some positive things happen. And, and Kelly Rudy was between the benches for Northern's Flames games, and he said he, he couldn't believe the frustration of Luch coming to the bench, the, the body language, the hanging his head, the slamming the door. Like, it just went completely off the rails. You know, and, and so there, you know, there, there's people out there that, are, you know, will say, you guys are too critical on Luch, and then there's other people that will say, what a terrible contract this guy's at. I'm somewhere in the middle here, but I will say this. My expectation out of a 29-year-old veteran that's won a Stanley Cup and been to the sixth game of a Stanley Cup final and was supposed to be brought in to bring in a character is that he has to bring more positive energy than he brought. And yes. I, I was really... That was an aspect of his game that I was really disappointed with. It was the, you know, because I heard that one of the criticisms of Taylor Hall, well, watch, you know, watching the stoppages of play uh, when he's on the ice, he's stretching and watch his body language. I'm like, watch his body language. How about Lucic's body language? It was awful. And I, you know, it's it, it has to be, uh, 
I mean, Jerry Johansson stated, Reed, when we were down in Dallas on Oilers now, he said, look, Luch is 100% committed, ready to go here. It starts with him getting in a positive mental framework. And again, you know, the interview that he did with me at the end of the year, 90% mental. All right, well, I'm going to hold you to that, Milan. You've got to conduct yourself in a more positive uh, fashion from the get-go. Otherwise, the situation is not going to get any better. Well, and that's that's a big presence, literally and figuratively, to have in in the wrong frame of mind. I don't necessarily want to say negative because I, I don't know if... But, but in the wrong frame of mind, in that frustrated frame of mind. Because he was brought in to, to, to hit, to score, and everybody in the league, everybody in that Oilers dressing room knows when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply his contract and everybody knows that one goal in 40 the last 46 isn't worth the just over three million dollars he got paid in that time frame if you put it over the yearly salary so you know that you're right that it, it can sap the energy of everybody else and and now guys are well do we get a tiptoe around luch do we not talk to him today do we encourage him? i mean i think that can affect the mood of the whole dressing room i don't think there's any question about it what do you think brendan on luch well, you, you asked Reed if he was getting tired of talking about it. I am a little bit because, right. I mean, it is Oilers now. We need to talk about it. But I do think there is some smoke behind some of the stuff that's going on. But at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I think the most likely scenario is that he's back next season and he needs to be he needs to play better. And uh, you hope that he gets out to a, a good start to the season. So some of those things that Reed was talking about, the frustration doesn't carry in to next season early. Because if he does get out to a good start and starts feeling good about himself and the Oilers are off to a good start as a team, I think that will help him immensely. And then he can get back to doing some of the things that Milan Lucic does as a player. In fairness, he got off to a decent start last he year. He was on pace for whatever is 50, he was 55 in, points. He was in fine shape and, and we until learned, Christmas. And now, the, yes, and, and when we saw him his first year as the Oilers, his first year with the Oilers, let's face it, he has some bad games. I, I think he's kind of a feast or famine type player. When he's on, when he's making an impact, you, you want him out there every second shift because he's hitting guys, he's getting shots on goal. And he had a batch of games, maybe even a couple dozen games in his first season as an Oiler where it was like, oh, Luch, where, what is he doing tonight? But he always found a way to get back yeah. into it the next night or found a way to make an impact without scoring. The Nashville game, they I think they wound up losing in a shootout. Remember when he drew the penalty on, hit Watson, and then Watson took a run at him, got a penalty, Oilers tied it. You know, he found a way to do stuff like that. Those things were absent too many nights. There was only the mistakes. He went over, he went over 40 games without having a fight. I mean, I'll say this about... No, nobody wants to fight him either, though. That's, yeah, a, that's, that's another issue. Yeah, that is, but sometimes you've got to... And he found a way to get one late in the year by getting Smith's grill. I mean, Patrick Maroon, uh, let's face it, he outperformed uh, Milan Lucic as Connor McDavid's winger. And and he also, when he wasn't going, got himself engaged in some battles that brought some traffic his way. Bob Stoffer, Brennan Ulrich, and Reed Wilkins with you. Guys, I'm going to go on record right now. The player that I see taking the biggest step forward this season will be Ryan Strom. I'm confident that we're going to see at least a 15-point improvement. Um, 
Is a player like Yessa Pugliarvi going to prove me to be wrong, Reed? Oh, I got a lot of questions about Pugliarvi, Bob. I, 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 you see little bursts from him, and I'm still trying to figure out who he is as a player. Is is he a finisher? Because every once in a while he'll do a nice job finishing a play with a good shot, and then you don't see even scoring chances for a long time. Is he a playmaker? Because every once in a while he makes a deft little pass that sets up an opportunity, and then you don't see that again for long stretches. I, I don't think he's a banger or a crasher, so I don't think that's going to be an element of his game. I, I, my question: that there's some talent with Puliyarvi. Is he going to figure it out and be a consistent top six player? Like I, I look, I'm going to say something here. I think Kyler Yamamoto has a more likely long-term future in the NHL than Jesse Puliyarvi. And I know where they were drafted. I know the size difference. Uh, I just see a little bit of spark from Yamamoto that Puliyarvi hasn't been able to exhibit. Well, I think with Strom, I think we'll see a, a solid third-line player that you know has an overall consistent season. And with Puliyarvi, I think he has a chance to break out and bust out and become the player we sort of expected. What did you have so, him at last year, by the way? Well, I think I had him at, what was it? I'd have to look back. Were you it must have been 40. I think I had forty over 40 points at least. Yeah. And maybe he gets there this season. I mean, you look at the wingers they brought in. I mean, there is a chance for him to, you know, cement himself as Leon Dreisaitl's winger for the entire season if he comes to camp and, and shows something. So we'll see what happens there. Where are you going to play Tobias Reeder? Well, we'll see. <laughs> Because I think he's going to end up on the right wing with dry okay. Well, yeah, it's a possibility. I think he starts the preseason there. I, yeah. I know he's never played that high consistently in his career before, but I think he might get the shot. And then, and then, well, Luke, Ratty as well. He might not pat on as the first line winger. So well, maybe there's still Pulley a lot of questions on the right side. Yeah. Just because they have more options, and I don't want to be a negative Nelly here, but just because they have more options doesn't mean they're good options. No, that's no. Right? That's there fair. could be more options that that don't work out. Reed, uh, we're going to switch focus here. The Edmonton Eskimos are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, yep. I'm predicting they're going to beat the Argos by 20. Ooh, write that down, Brendan. Because you know that's <laughs> unlikely to happen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, should we be concerned about their loss the other... I have some moderate concern because... I mean, again, to tie this into what we saw from the Oilers last season and from good NHL teams or in any league... When good teams play bad, they're not that bad. You know what I mean? Like you've always, yeah. you, the way you put it, Bob, is they can take a punch. Yeah. Uh, bad teams in hockey lose a period two one. Or sorry, good teams in hockey lose a period two one. Bad teams lose a period three nothing. Uh, good teams in football lose a lose a quarter seven three. Yeah. Or ten six. Uh, bad teams or mediocre teams lose a quarter twelve one, like the Eskimos did. On Friday, so that's my biggest concern for the. They, they they're explosive. Duke Williams is going to be on my show tonight. They're going to pound some teams, right? Like they 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 they're have gonna the, the They're going to pound the Argos, they, they, and Friday they have night. the potential to even pound other good teams. But my little bit of concern by the Eskimos is that when they're having a dull quarter, quarter and a half, they seem to be falling in a pretty big hole. So that's where my concern lies. Brandon, well, uh, one thing to consider here is Jason Moss is the offensive coordinator again. And I think uh, they're still trying to figure out their identity. I think Jason Moss, of course, has a lot in his plate as the head coach, and now he's calling the plays as well. Uh, so I think uh, they're just trying to figure out their identity. Once they figure it out, the offense is going to take off here at some point, as we talked about with guys like Duke Williams there. Keep in mind, though, Bryant Mitchell was a big factor last year. He's been banged up. And, of course, Zilstra left. Uh, Darrell Walker 
came back midseason, and he's obviously off to a good start as well. So they're still trying to figure out a few things on offense, but I think once they get going here, it will be really, really good. Uh, the defense, they're going to get healthy eventually. They have uh, a lot of guys still out on their secondary. Arjun Colhoun, for example, who could come back at some point. So I think uh, once they get healthy on defense, we'll see a, a team that can push Calgary maybe. I don't know if they're they're going to beat Calgary when it's all said and done, but uh, I think they're still one Calgary, of the top teams in the West. Uh, with John Huffnagel, the Stampeders just continuously find players. Yep. They find him. No, he's excellent with that. They've been the best team in the I mean, they've CFL. Lost, they've lost, what, seven games the last two years, and two of them have been the Grey Cup? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, they should they should have won the last two Grey Cups, and I'm sort of at a loss for words why they haven't been able to seal the deal. But there's no question who's got the best run team in the CFL right now. That's the Calgary Stampeders. Reed, Brendan, thanks for joining me. We're going to do this every Tuesday on Oilers Now and uh, all summer long. So thanks for swinging by. See you, Bob. We will update uh, the World Cup soccer game when we come back and get to the Stan Oilers history. This is Oilers Now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Alright, spoiler alert, it was not the goal fest predicted at the World Cup between France and Belgium but it is over. France who uh, won a 98, 3-0 over Brazil uh, lost uh, what was it, 2-1 to Italy in 2006. That was the year of the infamous Zinedine Zidane uh, red card for headbutting the Italian player who made a comment about Zidane's sister. Uh, France back in the World Cup final will play the winner of England and Croatia who play tomorrow too. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel, Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Looking at going on a river cruise in Europe for 2018. New West Travel's got some great rates on fabulous cruises. July 10th, 2013, the Oilers traded Magnus Piarvi and a second round pick from 2014 for David Perron. A uh, year later, a year and a half later, uh, the Oilers traded Perron for uh, Pittsburgh's first rounder, which turned out to be the 16th overall pick, and uh, then they traded the 16 and the 33 for Griffin Reinhardt. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Great travel deals for weddings, honeymoons, golf packages, and employee corporate reward trips. Call the friendly staff at New West Travel, 780-432-7446, or online at newwesttravel.com. Uh, tomorrow's show is a fluid show. We do have Brad McEwen so far. From Hockey Canada to talk about a couple of Canada's teams. Uh, the uh, Holinka Gretzky team coming up, as well as uh, Canada's World Junior team. Uh, Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports. Geez, we just had him in studio. He's got a fluid show. Is that right? Well, uh, Robin Brownlee will be on tonight as well from uh, Oilers wow, Nation. Really? He's doing. I think he's counting down a list with Oilers Nation oh, right now. That's uh, okay. Pretty exciting. Good. Good for Robin. <laughs> James Franklin uh, will also be on as well. And Duke Williams, as Reed said when he was in studio. All right. Uh, up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. France is through to the World Cup final. The Oilers, quiet to say the least. So long, everybody.
Business Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.